religion, science, myths and legends all point toward the next evolution in human consciousness. What do the invisible realms hold? Who's telling us and how do they know? We're investigating insights from around the world to answer the question, what does the material world arise out of and where do we go once we've dropped the body? You're about to go interdimensional with Robert Wallace to Undiscovered Spiritual Realities. ourselves some key questions and as you know the show is about esoteric spiritual metaphysical matters and for those of us whose spiritual journey did not begin in such mystical realms if you will we often can reflect back on our religious upbringing perhaps perhaps it was something we discovered ourselves later in life but you know we have often a relationship with churches whether it's a catholic church or some other Christian denomination or non-denominational sector as it may be. And in the course of of my experiences with the Catholics and the Baptists and the Pentecostals and and the Methodists and then the Scientologists and, uh, and many things in between, I came to realize that the crux of my questioning that moved me about church to church uh, really centered around this question of why is the spirit uh, not still working in the church. So in my line of reasoning, we are to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto us. And so of course I'm wondering to myself, well, who among us has entered into the kingdom of heaven? And I'm asking myself questions about how it is that people are still not cured of certain ailments or or what uh, in the church. Where is the miracle working power that we're promised? Who among us, if anybody, has captured it? If you're like me, then you've noticed that the uh, fellowship of the saints, quote unquote, if you will, uh, really pertains uh, to a group of people, soft-spoken, kindly, loving, smiling eyes, and uh, with the scriptures uh, at hand, again, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Any talk of any sort of spiritual phenomena or experience is instantly countered with that a perverse generation seeketh after a sign sort of scripture. And this really comes down to the fact that most people just simply do not have any relationship with that kind of spiritual knowledge and so the first thing that they say is that anybody who's seeking that this gets them off the hook from knowing nothing to begin with anybody who's seeking that is somebody who's not approaching the spirit in the right way even some uh would accuse people who are seeking after the spirit you know work out your own salvation with fear and trembling they might accuse them of some kind of spiritual materialism And there certainly are those who are pursuing a certain kind of spiritual materialism, seeking after, you know, signs of a a phenomenal nature. They're seeking for apparitions to materialize and things to dematerialize. And it isn't that on the esoteric journey, forms and beings and and intelligences of entities of a certain spiritual nature do not to some degree appear to appear and disappear to have a 
misty or incorporeal nature. But the whole spectrum of light altogether that we're looking in, in which these picture images come into manifestation, this is the crux of the difference. This is the difference between matter and, and spiritual energy. And we're, when we're looking for matter to behave like a spiritual energy, then right away we know that we are seeking to make the spirit into something hard and coarse as a rock or something, as a material uh, object around us, which of course it is a, the opposite of its nature uh, to begin with to appear in such a way. So if I'm losing you or confusing you, let's just kind of drive it right back down to the base of where really natural science says all of this physical matter, energy, space, and time are arising out of, materializing out of. And there we will find what might be termed the outer limits or the boundaries of natural science. And so if we want to find out where that's at, all we have to do is ask scientists, well, where are things emanating from? Um, they go in the direction of... <coughs> microscopes. Let's go down to the atom. Let's go down to the DNA, the molecule. And the problem here is that we've taken this concept, this theory of these uh, particles of uh, energy, and we've used these to represent the foundational building blocks of matter, energy, space, and time of material. This, is, uh, this in and of itself is the materialism that uh, we're contrasting our spirituality against. Because in reality, what we learn in the esoteric and occult teachings, Christian uh, esotericism, if, uh, if you will, is that uh, behind all the physical objects around us, and even in the negative space between objects in that empty space, there are spiritual beings, spirits. So your computer's a spirit, the monitor's a spirit, carpet's a spirit, the wall's a spirit, you know, even the pain on the wall is a spirit. Everything's a spirit. The pencil, there's a spirit behind that. And you say, well, this doesn't seem like a spirit. This seems like a material object. Well, it's not, a, it's not merely an object. That it appears as an object. Well, this is a result of a belief in the maya or the illusion of this imagery that we take for a physical reality. And what it really is, is it's an appearance. It's a reflection, uh, a backward reflection of what's happening in the, in the spiritual world. And that spiritual forms and beings and impulses calcify or crystallize, or if you think of a, a chunk of ice frozen in the water, differentiated from the rest of the water, hardened, become a coarse, solid object. Um, we could think of the water as the invisible, uh, etheric, uh, or spiritual uh, air, negative space, that permeates everything, if you will. This spiritual matter that we can't see, much like a fish in water doesn't realize that he's completely in, immersed in water. We don't necessarily see the, the forest for the trees sort of thing. We don't see all the spiritual energy around us that we're actually swimming in and breathing in. But it is uh, populated with spiritual beings who are crystallized into this coarse, dense materiality that we accept as a real physical object. When discussion of a, the f physical world as a maya, 
come up. Uh, we also have to remember that even our physical bodies, this picture that we perceive of our physical bodies, is a chimera. Uh, a chimera like a, uh, like a image or a, a shadow, an illusion. You know, we are in the valley of the shadow of death. It's the, there's a dark shadow of, of death on, the, on this corpse of a physical world that we take to be the only true reality, this physical world. And as a result, we believe these things around us to be not only uh, inanimate, you know, real, solid, inanimate, but we believe them to be, for the most part, dead. You know, you cut off a piece of wood from a tree, you think it's a, a dead piece of wood in your hand. And you wouldn't conceive that it's still a living spirit that's formed in your hand. And so as a result of our perception of reality as being no more than in its finest sense, uh, atoms and particles like this, uh, we cannot get beyond that. We can't see what's behind that or what's projecting itself in the physical reality. Uh, it'd be like looking at a TV under a microscope and seeing all the pixels and expecting to find the the studio in which the movie was recorded or whatever you're watching, even behind it. Um, you know, if such a thing could be done and stopping at the pixels. But in this sense, I should say, we are stopping at the atoms, thinking that, that there's nothing more than the atoms, that this is like a... a a show of particles. So when we come to an understanding of the real spiritual nature of physical uh, corporeality, then we realize that all this physical world around us is actually spirit. It's spirit. And as we get less and less dense, more and more uh, vaporized, gaseous, misty, if you want to say, in terms of, uh, of a less and less dense matter, eventually we get into the invisible we're looking at even even we know there's invisible waves around us, radio waves. People have been listening to the radio. It's, and how many radio stations are running through you right now just because you're not thinking about it. You don't know they're there, but you accept that you can catch that and you can perceive that. Um, and with the right training, we can actually perceive clairvoyantly. Uh, we can perceive the spiritual beings that exist all over that permeate this physical reality in every sense of the word. Uh, certain of the beings that live in the negative space between objects and certain of the beings that themselves are you know, projecting themselves uh, in living, uh, the spirit that's living in the f so-called physical objects that we take for uh, being solid materiality. So if this is kind of uh, a convoluted, complicated uh, sort of look at the differences between material science and, and what might be turned to spiritual science. Uh, that's only because um, we've really been trained into one perspective, and that perspective, of course, is natural materialistic science, and we've left any talk of a spiritual reality to the domain of a religion and theos uh, theology, etc. And modern secular schooling uh, has no part in it, and it's not taught. It's uh, it's not known by, uh, of course, m most of the population, teachers included. Uh, but it's especially suppressed by the people who do know in power, who do have a say over our curriculum, the overlords, if you will, who do seek to continue to make this a materialistic world for a full of materialistic people.
it's interesting to know spiritual science teaches us that dogs, for instance, or animals around us don't perceive the world the way that we perceive them, perceive it. Right? They don't see uh, objects as in their shape and in their form the way we see them. And it's a, a matter of how we use our thinking that has created, in a sense, this unique perception as to how we perceive physical reality. If I may go back just a little bit and discuss the fact that thousands and thousands of years, there was a time when mankind still had what is uh, commonly termed a atavistic or ancient clairvoyance, a natural ability to see into the spiritual world. Some of our oldest fairy tales and legends and myths that pertain to beings that, that lived in these other realms that were perceived by man which no longer makes sense to mankind is on account of the fact that modern man can no longer perceive such things. And so account all of that to fantasy and delusion or allegory of earlier man. But a reality which not only truly exists and existed for the perception of man a long time ago, but but still can be perceived in, uh, in today's time. In what caused us to lose that initial clairvoyant ability was the development of our rational, logical, intellectual thinking mind. If we think back toward the story of Adam and Eve, and we remember that in the beginning, they did not know unrighteousness. They knew heaven and bliss. But of course, it wasn't until they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that not only did they succumb to a fall in their intellect through this knowledge of evil. And we, by the way, remember that Lucifer did say that God don't, doesn't want you to eat of this tree because in doing so he knows that you'll become like God's knowing good from evil. Of course, many people of the offspring of Adam and Eve, their souls uh, and spirits, uh, there's a lostness that can happen now. And, uh, hellaciousness and a price to be paid for the fall of man when it's not recuperated and the purification process and and it's a whole rebuilding process from where we were the difference being now we arrive hopefully we arise and arrive back to our original native state and to that paradisical state from which from once we'd fallen but we do this in a fully conscious way cognitively as before we fell and lost our way out and didn't know from whence we had fallen from where we had gone to where we'd gone rather and how we would get back we took it for granted we were there and now we had lost our way and the maze the puzzle that separated us from our original estate was actually all these shadowed paths these dark paths of of the heart of man the knowledge of evil that lived then in man with this fall of lucifer in man and the perversion of mankind and so through the time uh the writer rudolf steiner actually points out that there was something of a mission for that of alcohol which is to say alcohol itself had a mission in this respect so as we grew closer to that mystery of golgotha that that splitting of historical time there was a use for alcohol in this respect of our development back to our original estate and that was this that man would live at least a single incarnation having completely forgotten any notion of his reincarnations 
of his incarnations, future incarnations, that this cycle existed for him, that he'd be completely lost to hit rock bottom, if you will, at least for one full life. And from thence on to recover back to himself, his right thinking, his correct faculties of perception, and in the process of developing himself back, restore his chakras, their petals, their spinning, and their colors, and their motion, and all the clairvoyant abilities that each of the restored chakras would give the clairvoyant as a result of, of their correction and of their refinement. So with that said, we are now back on a path to recover our natural native estate of being. And we need, among other things, uh, a knowledge of the things that can be seen and perceived through clairvoyant ability by seers and, and the information, the fruits of their research that they bring back from these higher planes of existence down to earth in order to uh, not just understand the higher realms, but to get there ourselves. So we actually come to realize that in hearing the findings of spiritual science from people who have themselves developed an ability to see into these other realms, we ourselves begin to develop those abilities just by listening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if a person wants to begin his journey back into the spirit, and we begin to pick up esoteric and occult teachings from a Christian perspective. And I have to stress that because it's just as easy for me to make a misleading suggestion by saying one should pursue the occult and esotericism as by overtly saying one should go and, and study Satanism or some some aberrated spiritual field of study because there are different teachers in different ways that it's taught. And in my quest toward these spiritual realms, I never gave up on the fact that here we had a Christ who had atoned for our sins, a God who had come down and was calling us into this other dimension. Yet I also saw that in my churches, the leadership and, the, and, and those about me were not turning these scriptures into a path that I could re-enter into the Spirit. And any discussion of anybody who said that they could bring somebody into the Spirit was called heresy and they were called blasphemers and it was called a dangerous route say robert but you better not get into the secret now you're going to be like my grandson and you're going to find yourself in the occult oh no arlene i will not find myself in the occult well little did i know what these words mean and little did i know in spite of anything i ever thought i would ever be involved in at that time of my life that i would be in this thing and involved in these activities of the so-called esoteric and occult spiritual sciences in fact we have to take on consciously the learning and the application of the knowledge of a of a technical spiritual uh, path now we had to, in full waking day consciousness, return back from whence we'd fallen. We have to take responsibility for our thought life, for the way we think, and we have to think differently about how things are constructed based on the findings of spiritual science, and in the process we would begin to see into the spiritual world ourselves. Now, for people who are not really in the quest to experience these things for themselves, uh, a couple things can be said. On one hand, we know that it is one of the greatest sins to reject 
true spiritual knowledge, super sensible, esoteric knowledge that brings us back into the spirit, which also means we don't want to present this information to people who are not capable or unwilling to perceive the truth of the spirit because now we've made them culpable for things they were not ready for. And this is not right either, the casting of pearls before swine. At the same time, we have to ask ourselves if our current path is going to lead us to the Spirit truly, or if we're merely biding our time and waiting for the day that we, we die. And in most church settings, when we ask the hard questions that go above and beyond our preacher's, preacher-teacher's comprehension, understanding of the subject, we're told, hey, you'll find out when you die. Just stay patient. Stop asking so many questions. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God to do what? What I'm supposed to be doing? That's basically, if we can consider what we're being told, that's what we're being asked to do, is to do nothing and then ultimately expect God to do everything for us and to take not unto ourselves the working out of our own salvation with fear and trembling and, and to have a faith that is not uh, of works as we are told. To do because faith without works is dead but there is a lot of movement a lot of push to say happy little things like you know god will take care of it all god's got it give it to god give it over to god we take all responsibility for our own personal development out of our own hands and then we sit around and wonder and wait if god's going to answer our prayers if we're going to get there all the while all the information for all the questions that we have is available if we would trust god where we're at with the knowledge we've been given and the wisdom and we would apply it correctly, we would rise to the ranks to a true understanding. So in order to get into those realms, we're going to need to take in new information. But people can come into this new information themselves through asking correct questions, questions based on a correct understanding of the truth. When we attain into a love of the truth, then we naturally are going to go deeper into the matters we're taught and we're going to find a deeper understanding and we're going to ask questions that have a deeper application for the simple spiritual truths that we were taught and it leads to much deeper things and of much weighty spiritual import with all of that said we might be thinking that we have very few options except the learning of this information this is called esoteric information and its application to get us out of that. And if that's the conclusion we're arriving at, then we are thinking rightly. So really, I just wanted to spend this uh, episode briefly talking about the fact that we have a very limited scope in natural science and the natural scientific uh, field for discovering the origin of things. And so I wanted to bring up the fact that you are not going to be able to get past the the boundaries of natural science if you only listen to natural scientific findings that are concerned merely with atoms and these, you know, pixels of life and have no concept for entire spiritual beings that are behind them. Uh, with that said, Robert Wallace here uh, checking out and I have appreciated your time. I will come back next time with a, another little uh, interesting esoteric factoid for you. Have a great day.